Welcome to Catching Curveballs. Join Dr. Moji, a psychology professor at the University of Ohio, and her daughter, Yabade, a research scientist in California, on a journey of how to make the most of what life throws your way. We hope to make today's podcast as informative and lighthearted as possible. So sit back and join us on this adventure. All right, mom, how's life? How's the day treating you? Actually, I am happy, extremely happy in the last few days because my son, your younger brother, is spending some time with me after graduating from Harvard Law School. I'm enjoying spending quality time with him, and I hope he'll say the same thing. One of the treats of having him around is his cooking. Wow. As you know, but our listeners don't, he is a great cook. He makes many delicious, sumptuous Senegalese and Ethiopian dishes and a few dishes he learned while living in Reunion, an island east of Madagascar. This particular benefit of his stay with me reminds me of times I too had extended stays with my parents. For example, after completing my one-year National Youth Service Corps in the early 1980s. This is a federal government program where university graduates from one part of the country work in another distant part of the country with the aim of working with diverse others in nation building and development. You learn about cultures different from yours. Anyway, after participating in this program and before I left home for my postgraduate studies, I too enjoyed cooking for my parents and younger siblings. My mom in particular was always full of praises for the Nigerian dishes I made. For example, pounded yam and vegetable soup. I mean real pounded yam. I used the traditional big mortar and pestle. Nowadays, you make this dish using yam flour. Oh, no, no. Pounded yam made in a mortar has a special taste and it is good exercise. You will burn quite a significant amount of calories. Unfortunately, my mom, your grandma, passed to the great beyond in 2012 after a brief illness. Something I know for sure is that she would have been shocked that her grandson, my son, can cook so well. And she would have loved, loved, loved the meals he prepares. May her soul continue to rest in peace. Life is precious. Quality moments with our loved ones are very precious and we must relish them. I noticed you didn't mention my cooking or how impressed grandma would be with my cooking mom. (laughs) Is there a particular reason? (laughs) Because today I'm talking about your younger brother. (laughs) He's the one staying with me. You are not with me right now. That is very true. It's okay. I'll give you a pass, but the next time I make you something, I'll be watching to see if you actually mean it when you say it tastes okay. Don't worry. I'll be watching the next time. And for our listeners, I'm not sure how many people own a mortar and pestle. I know I definitely don't. 
But I do like your suggestion or even your explanation that you could get some good exercise. Maybe that can be your new cookbook idea. Some recipes that will give you some exercise at the same time. It'll give you your cardio, your strength training just by cooking two for one. Maybe that's a new angle that you could take on your cooking (laughs) endeavors in the future. Maybe write a few recipes for everyone so that we can include that in our summer workout routines. But I do love your sharing those experiences. And even to now, I am a bit jealous that I'm not with the both of you. I really wish I could be, but I'm pretty far away. And I think now perhaps isn't the right time to get on a plane. But for me, the day is going pretty well. I do have something very serious that I need to discuss today. So everyone gather around, get closer, turn up the volume if you need to because this is about the Catching Curveballs podcast Instagram page. That's Catching Curveballs podcast on Instagram. It's spelled exactly as it's pronounced on Instagram. And first off, I've never seen an Instagram page with such few followers. In fact, I didn't even think it was possible. I thought Instagram would just give you for a public profile, maybe a few hundred followers to start to support your activity and start sharing feedback, but it's actually not the case. And granted, most of my family and friends hear my voice enough and are tired of hearing it, so they aren't necessarily avid podcast listeners or followers whatsoever. But regardless, we receive metrics and we have far more listeners out there and far more download numbers than we do family and friends combined. So for all of you out there, stop what you're doing right this moment and head over to Instagram, search for Catching Curveballs Podcast, then hit follow. Right now, pause, head over type that in and follow. And think of yourself as a pioneer or someone ahead of the curve. Plus, while you're there, also be sure to send us some suggestions for ways that we can add some spark to our profile because it's currently just very depressing. We need your help, all our listeners. I'm watching my mom trying to keep it together and she's struggling with this one. And I am too. However, we need your help. Get out there, start following, make that your priority as of this moment. And also while we're at it, if you enjoy even a fraction of what you hear, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button, that you're rating, that you're reviewing our podcast wherever you're listening to it. It could be something as simple as, well, the first few episodes were a bit rough with audio, but they improve. It could be anything of the sort. Just get out there, rate, review. And it might seem tedious and annoying, but it's a way for the podcast to grow and continue to gain amazing listeners such as yourself. In addition to the followership, we also need to discuss something else about the Instagram page. This one is a bit lighter. It's a bit more positive. We really do mean it when we say we're listening to all of you. And for that reason, we'll be adjusting the structure of our page to hopefully better address the aspects about each episode you might find most interesting. Therefore, we are discontinuing releasing the upcoming episode, and instead we'll share snippets from our actual discussions per episode. And this will be for multiple reasons, but primarily because we really understand that not everyone will be able to religiously listen or should even feel obligated to do so. Some topics will strike a chord with one person, but not necessarily another. Therefore, you can use these posts to help gauge your interests. And of course, if you have ideas as to how we can modify the page, always feel free to send those along. 
With all of that very uncomfortable talk out of the way, we have another exciting topic to explore with all of you. And although I hear this term used so often, I don't truly give it the time to process or reflect on the meaning and the impact for even my own life. And so when you brought it up, I think a listener directly requested this one from you, right? You're correct. Um, And this is a reminder to our listeners. Please feel free to email us your questions and suggestions. Exactly, because we actually do take it into consideration and it's the reason why we're even having this episode here today. So feel free to send those over to us and we really will take it seriously and more than likely generate some sort of content for it as well. And yes, when you brought it up, I couldn't help but start thinking of my situation and my setup during the shelter in place. And even now, so many months after all of this started, I do find myself still limiting a lot of my interactions with people to walks and outdoor, very distant activities, as in very, very socially distanced activities with friends that I trust. And even with that, it's usually just one person at a time because I'm even hesitant and reluctant to say yes to group activities at the moment. And then I defer to virtual hangouts as well as catch-ups with other friends that aren't so nearby. And in the very beginning, it was completely virtual for me because I just didn't know how else to manage this situation. And I just took it to the extreme and adhered fully to the sheltering requirements and recommendations that were being shared at the time. And I suppose, though, for me, I've been relying on WhatsApp video chat, on Skype, on FaceTime, on Zoom, or whatever video calling platform for over a decade now since in that amount of time, I've been living in places that are quite far from family and friends. So in a way, I'm very very accustomed to making video and long distance communication work for me. However, this definitely is to a different level. And so I've just been reflecting and thinking and getting feedback from friends even as to their own experience with the concepts we'll talk through today. And for you and I, we slightly kind of sort of talk about this, but definitely not to the level of specificity that we'll get into today. And so with all of that said, our topic is social distancing, and more specifically, the impact of social distancing on our well-being, including those potential feelings of isolation and loneliness that many of you might be experiencing at this time. And so mom, because of the COVID-19 global pandemic, we've heard, we continue to hear, and apparently as it seems, we'll continue hearing the phrase social distancing for some time to come. And some people have shared their annoyance at that term because it's not really a requirement to detach socially. And there are other ways to interact socially while still following the set guidelines and behave responsibly during this time. And to establish a baseline definition, so we're all following along, we're all on the same page, what exactly is social distancing? For the purpose of our conversation today, during the COVID-19 global pandemic era, social distancing is a phrase that means staying away from others, more specifically avoiding physical contact with others. Thus, when we think of social distancing, we are also thinking of another phrase, physical distancing, which is staying at least six feet away from others to avoid catching or spreading COVID-19. This year, 2020, social distancing is one of the public health responses to the COVID-19 global pandemic. It is one of the measures to help prevent the spread of this particular coronavirus as much as possible. 
Social distancing is an intervention intended to protect at-risk individuals such as older adults, those with pre-existing conditions, although social distancing may also introduce further complications to such individuals' health and well-being. Interestingly, nowadays, when we use this phrase, social distancing, many of us are not thinking of social distancing from other individuals or group of people. For example, people who are mentally challenged, people who do not belong to our in-group, people we consider dangerous or stigmatized for one reason or the other. We are not even using the phrase as it relates to its operation in various or specific settings. For example, the classroom, the hospital, and other such settings. We are using it as it relates to all settings. Right. And I think we all recognize that there have to be some consequences of this social distancing because regardless of how much even those who categorize themselves as introverts might appreciate and need moments of solitude, there has to be some sort of impact when it comes to extensive time without social interaction. Especially since in prison, for example, solitary confinement is a punishment and not a reward. It's not a treat, to my knowledge, that all prisoners are seeking or looking for in their day. And for our listeners, no, I haven't actually been to prison to confirm this myself, (laughs) but I think we can all agree on this one or just take my word for it on this one. And so, Mom, can you walk us through the effects of social distancing? Social distancing can have both negative and positive effects. People tend to focus more on the negative. It has the potential to lead to increased anxiety and depressive symptoms. It can lead to social isolation and loneliness, both of which have their associated negative consequences too. Social isolation can lead to a sense of grief, loss and trauma responses, limited access to resources, reduced physicality, increased suicide, ideation, and completion. Social isolation is also with increased rates of child abuse and domestic violence. Loneliness is the state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between one's desires for social connection and actual experiences of it. Loneliness is a subjective experience. It's personal, one's perception, and it's influenced by one's personality, life experiences, and situational variables. Research suggests that loneliness poses serious threats to mental well-being as well as long-term physical health. When one is lonely, one has a range of feelings or deficits of connection, including frequently feeling that one lacks companionship, feeling left out, feeling not in sync with or used to people around one, not feeling outgoing and friendly, not feeling there are people one can turn to. In summary, loneliness has been associated with depressive symptoms and other forms of mental illness, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, 
Alzheimer's disease, stress, lack of sleep, weak immunity, and other such chronic or enduring conditions. And you mentioned it could also have positive effects. So what might some of those be? And once again, when I think back to the prison shows on TV, I don't really hear many inmates sharing five-star reviews or highly recommending a life in solitary confinement. And so I'm very curious to hear what some of the positives might actually be. Yes, hardly will prison inmates share rave reviews. There is a paucity of research about positive effects of social distancing and related concepts such as social isolation and loneliness. But anecdotally, people have reported that the COVID-19 pandemic and the instituted measures to minimize the spread of virus have brought about what seems to be the slowdown of the rat race. Before the pandemic, everyone seemed to be in a rush. For me personally, it has been a time of reflection about my life's purposes and how to manifest these, that there is still a lot to be done and not to waste time. Get going with doing these things. And this has been one of the reasons why you and I started this podcast. Some friends have mentioned to me that they have been able to engage in self-care, exercise more, meditate more, pray more, prepare and eat more nutritious and home-cooked meals, that they have more time for family matters, that they have been ingenious and creative with activities that have increased family bonding times. I definitely get that sense too. And what can be interesting to think about is just how different the day is, both in terms of structure and the overall pace. And even for me on days when I feel as if my workday just refuses to end and is extremely long, I'm still conveniently working through these hours at home. And now I no longer have the hours of back and forth commute time or the chaos that comes with trying to fit so many other things in the day outside of work. And granted, I recognize there are some people and businesses that have picked up as a result of the pandemic, but overall, it does seem to have had this deceleration effect where everything isn't moving at warp speed and you're just trying to hang on for dear life. Now, it actually feels as if there's time in the day to even think about life or think of yourself versus moving on to the next task or the next thing. And it's also amazing to hear how many people have used this time, as you've explained, to just fit in that self-care and spend quality time with their family. And that's a luxury that definitely wasn't guaranteed for many, if not most people before this pandemic began. So I do support a lot of your positives. And I agree. And I appreciate your commentary about how inmates likely wouldn't be sharing rave reviews. So I suppose that's probably not the batch of people I should be pulling from to understand isolation and solitary existence. And when thinking back to some of the negative side effects of social distancing, including the association with loneliness, what can we do to minimize these effects? Especially since some of these feelings might be those that some struggle with on a day-to-day basis, even without a global pandemic? Um, The origin of all these phenomena, physical, social, psychological, distancing, and isolation matters. For many of us, the longer we practice one or more of these forms of distancing, the more likely our negative reactions 
as well as the intensity of these reactions. Remember the public's general reactions this year, say in late March, compared with in June. Furthermore, people who felt lonely before COVID-19 are more likely to have more of this feeling and related feelings several months into the pandemic. We have to wait and see what researchers find out, including relationships between social distancing and gender, race and ethnicity, marital status, socioeconomic status, and other demographic factors. In addition, we will be able to understand social distancing better and the role of culture, individualistic versus collectivists, for instance. We are entering exciting times when we can better understand scientifically the impact of this global pandemic on us all. There is a lot that we will learn. Most definitely. I think that will be the takeaway message of 2020. It was a year of learning and looking at us now, there's still a lot more to be learned. And so I do appreciate that. And it's only fair for us to mention too that you can experience these feelings of isolation even when others are around you. It's not just relevant for those who are physically alone. It can be relevant to those who are quote unquote isolating with others. And even in this setup, there can be other troubling emotions that you experience, whether it's annoyance with those individuals or that other individual or feeling as if you're trapped in that setting. And unfortunately, there's no one-size-fits-all for this, and part of this will be recognizing that it's natural to feel alone or distanced from your loved ones, even if some are nearby. However, managing through these emotions in a non-destructive way is extremely important, whether it's now or in the future. And since we likely still have some time to go with the current restrictions and activities due to COVID-19, what are some strategies we can use to cope in this current environment? I must emphasize from the get-go that some strategies might be helpful on just a temporary basis and not so helpful on a long-term basis. I hope and pray that this virus will not be in our midst for too long. We can and are already using interactive technologies and various forms of social media in communicating with our loved ones co-workers, teachers, students, family physicians, psychologists, and others. However, for some individuals, particularly adolescents and younger people, interactive technologies may actually increase physical and social distance by making them independent of others. More specifically, volunteers can maintain regular phone contact with the homebound elderly population, providing friendship and fostering a mentoring relationship. Existing mental health support hotlines could add outgoing calls during which mental health professionals could reach out to the elderly and others in need and screen for symptoms of anxiety and depression. The use of social support network cannot be overemphasized. We can all benefit from these strategies that promote social connection and be encouraged to use coping skills that have been helpful in the past. For instance, acceptance and reflection, self-development and understanding, 
religion and faith and increased activity. Families are now watching together replays of big sporting events, movies, and such entertainments on various media outlets. As I alluded to already, social media is full of families interacting more. Families playing traditional board games and engaging in a variety of leisure activities, such as trying out new food recipes. We should develop and enhance psychosocial skills like resilience, our ability to bounce back after challenging incidents, and concrete experiences, encountering new experiences that will boost social bonds and psychological sense of community. It's so funny that you mentioned the new food recipes because when the pandemic started, it felt as if everyone left and right was coming out with their different baking recipes. I didn't even realize so many people enjoyed baking and I almost have a theory that they actually don't. They just didn't want to miss out. It felt as if we started off with a bread fixation where everyone was coming out with their different bread baking recipes and sharing all their photos. And at one point it was all about banana bread Who knows what it is now, but it is funny how much that caught on once the pandemic began. I don't know if it's been sustained, but it definitely was something that many people were experimenting with and that everyone seemed to just be raving on and on about. I never jumped on board. Um, Maybe next year I'll consider it. (laughs) But part of what I found for myself to be really helpful is having a routine in place and That's aside from just the attempts that I make to just maintain some sort of social interaction and connection with my family and with my friends on a day-to-day basis. But aside from that, that chunking of my day and having a routine established really makes a world of a difference. As in, I by default know that from Monday through Friday, a block of my day will be devoted to work hours, obviously. But then another block will be for being as personally productive as possible, another for physical exercise, another for those really valuable interactions with others, and then another to just relax and reflect and just enjoy myself in whatever way that may take shape, whether it's just watching a TV show or watching a movie or even just indulging and making an overly extravagant dinner or taking my time to eat that dinner. But Those five components are a guarantee for every single weekday and the order might change up depending on the day and that's ideal for me because I definitely like a lot of variation. But having that consistency where I'm at least filling my day with other elements that make me feel useful and accomplished outside of work really help. And oftentimes too, I try to remind myself of how certain activities would have been nearly impossible if not for the current environment. If not for COVID-19 and having these shelters in place, so many of the activities that I do find the time to be able to take part in would just have only been a dream or on my wish list or to-do list versus actually being accomplished. Whether it's that extra time I have for a longer than usual run or the extra time for a phone call that I usually before would have rushed through versus extending as much as I do now, 
or even just that additional time to vacuum midweek or do an extra load of laundry that usually I would have just let wait for the next day or the next time point. All of these moments that I recognize, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to really enjoy and be able to do on a weekday or to do as often as I do now. I try to remind myself of that as I'm doing them. As in every time that I'm having the chance to just take it easy and drink my coffee for a bit longer, I try to reflect on the fact that this is a privilege. It's something that before I would have just rushed through and been off to the races versus actually being able to indulge and enjoy. And that has made a big difference when I think of how I'm managing through the situation now versus in the very beginning. Another aspect I find helpful too is just that planning for the future, as in taking this time to plan what you would want to do next year. Maybe it's just vacation planning, but taking that time to look into those destinations or even talk through them with your friends or talk through them with your family or even just think about them yourself. The world is your oyster, allegedly. So just taking that opportunity to be able to do some dreaming or some planning of what you want for your next year when it comes to something as enjoyable as vacation or whatever else you may enjoy doing being able to take some time to reflect on being able to do them in the future and how you'll go about doing them in the future. Or maybe it can be a case where you just start working towards something you've always wanted to do, but never thought you'd have the time for. Even if it's to go for a walk, because maybe you've been living the good life and not fitting exercise in, just start adding a block of time for that every few days and work your way up. And as you do, focus on what you want to be able to physically accomplish next year or the years thereafter. Also, too, take a moment to remind yourself of how long you've already managed to get through. You've already managed to hang in there for around four or so months, and it's not too late to set up a different routine or make different life changes so that you can make the most of this time. Because I bet you many people will look back on this period and have their I wish or I should have thoughts as to what they regret not having started or what they regret not having done during this time when they had the chance. We'll all be doing that at some point, I'm sure. But don't let it be the case where you have so many of those that have really just been missed opportunities during this time. And last but not least, understand that it's okay to need professional help and support. In the same way, physical fitness and that determination to be as physically healthy and fit is praised, it's also praiseworthy to prioritize your mental health and ensure you're doing as much as you can to foster it. And if you feel as if you need to talk to a professional, use this time to do so. Telemedicine and telehealth is excellent for this purpose, and there are many services out there. And you know yourself incredibly well, and pandemic or not, you deserve to have your mental health be at the forefront of anything you do. Those are very useful strategies and suggestions, my daughter. Thank you so much. In wrapping up for today, I would like our listeners to remember that social distancing does not necessarily mean being isolated or lonely. Loneliness and isolation can affect anyone. Many people feel lonely at least some of the time we can all maximize the positive effects of social distancing while minimizing its negative effects. We should all prepare to catch curveballs. I love that. And so I think we're ready for today's quote. What do you have for us? Thank you, my daughter. My quote for today is by Avijit Das. All over the world, People are being quarantined and are being compelled to practice social distancing. 
we are trying desperately to remain sane in a world that seems bordering on the insane. So the time is just right for us to ponder, reflect, meditate, and discover the world within our own minds. End of quote. Well, that is all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon. Thank you.